all the decades of pandemic planning being abandoned to follow this CCP style of lockdown. Um, it's just, you just have to ask those questions. Why, you know, why, why are they doing that? Um, why, why is fear being used so much? And that's sort of, to me, I feel truth combats fear, right? When you have the truth, you don't need to be afraid. Take away those diamonds, I don't need those rocks. A second-hand car and a new pair of socks. I want liberty without conditions. So this week, Chasing Liberty has the great pleasure in inviting an insider from the depths of the beast that is the BBC, former BBC researcher, now turned investigative journalist, She's also spent time in the belly that is the beast itself in LA, in the TV industry there, and was a mad woman in New York when she got into advertising. So back in the UK and launching a new career as investigative journalist, we have Sonia Elijah. Over to you, Sonia. Oh, hi, John. Thank you so much for having me today and for taking time to speak with me. <laughs> I feel honoured. <laughs> um, yes, um, thanks for the intro. Um, but yeah, I, um, if, um, yeah, so I started out, um, you know, as a, as a, uh, just graduated, uh, graduated in, in economics um, and um, I, knew that I didn't want to pursue a career in banking. I thought, no, no, I've got to, got to get into media. And I always had a love for journalism. Um, and, um, yeah, I joined the BBC sort of in the early, early 2000s. And it was, I guess it was a very different sort of environment back then. I had a really good reputation. And I, um, my sort of first gig there was um, working at the uh, community program unit. Um, which actually has now, you know, has, has been disbanded. Um, and I would sort of, I'd sort of classify that as the early days of citizen journalism because they, you know, it was members of the public, you know, reporting their own personal stories. And um, it, was, it was really fascinating. Um, so I was researching on that and I helped film and, and, and um, then I worked on a docu-reality series for the BBC, for BBC One um, and did a bit of filming and researching on that and some segment directing. And it was, it was a great, great opportunity. I learned so much. And, um, and then my sort of, you know, my eye was drawn to the States and thought I'd love to work out, you know, work in LA and, and see what it's like over there. So then I sort of entered the sort of TV world there. And, um, and it was, again, it was a really good experience, very different to the UK. Um, and I, I sort of landed in sort of working for commercial, you know, TV commercials, uh, music videos, short films. And I got into sort of advertising and then I sort of became a copywriter when I moved to New York. I lived there for a few years and um, that really exposed me to the world of the power of the sort of advertising media world. You know, it's sort of um, the power uh, of propaganda. Yeah, the power of propaganda. Yes. I, I sort of worked for the other side, so to speak. So I got to see, you know. It's so easy 
how, you know, to manipulate the public, you know, with the right words, with the right picture, you really can, um, you can really get the reaction you want from someone by just presenting it in a way uh, that is sort of, you know, that, you know, with the message that you want to put across. So cutting to sort of now and sort of the, um, I would say the government propaganda and the whole sort of with the NHS, with their uh, big, big, you know, media spin on, on, on the sort of, I'd say, project fear, you know, it's so, it's, it's, you know, it just rang alarm bells in my mind. I was like, this is just so awful. And, and um, when I did move back to the UK, and uh, this was just about a few years ago, um, I, I, um, yeah, so it just, I, I sort of fell back into sort of my first love, which is journalism and the writing. And um, I, I would say I always have had a passion for the, you know, searching for the truth. And um, I considered myself to be a bit of a truth digger. And information is key. Information is power. You know, if you've got that, if you've got the true, you know, the right information, um, and I feel that as a, as a journalist, as a, I say, as a citizen journalist, you know, it's sort of my, you know, it's like what I need to do is just to like inform people as much as I can um, that there is another side to the story. And it's not just what the mainstream media is just presenting. Um, to yeah, and that's, that, that's something that is a bit different in this whole psyop if you call it that because yes. generally generally we get to see both sides of a story developing you know someone yeah. in the media will pick up on the bit that's wrong and maybe dig a couple of questions in and ask things but this time nobody seems to do that the only one i've ever seen question anything is either tucker, tucker carlson in the u.s yeah. or Alan Jones and yes. Sky News Australia. They seem to be yes. the only people that are actually asking proper questions. Yeah. So what's going on with the MSN? Are they, have they been co-opted? Are the government yeah. using D-notices? You know, are they, are they yes. refusing to fund them if they don't yes. Um, yes. follow the narrative? You know, these are all valid questions. Yes. I do believe that you have to follow the money trail. You know, always follow the money. And... They don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. So I yeah. think a lot of these big, like, you know, for example, even those sort of media buyers, they've spent millions, you know, with the newspapers of their ads. Yes, I, I call it Project Fear. Um, and um, they're, yeah, they're, they're, I, I do feel there's an element of, you know, you're being paid to be silenced. And you're being paid to just write the, 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 the sort of government narrative. You know, if you deviate from that, well, you could lose your job. You could, you know, lose your funding. And, um, you know, even, you know, just you've got all the sort of, uh, you know, for example, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they've heavily sort of given, you know, funding to the BBC. I mean, it's all sort of common knowledge now. If you, if you just do a little bit of research, I mean, you, you find so much there on, on who's given what. And um, so unfortunately, the mainstream media, to me, has really been bought. And 
also you've got the role of big tech, haven't you? With you know, you know, Google, Twitter, Facebook, and there's a real. I find there's been a real suppression of like the truth. You know, why is that? Why why can't people know the truth? Why are you stopping them from accessing the truth? Um, so I see it as a multi-pronged attack. This is not just from one place. It's, I see it as like an octopus with lots of arms. You know, it's like, it's, it's sort of a, or a spider's web, you know? It's, it's really so intricately, um, they all work in tandem. They all work together. Um, and uh, I, um, it's shocking. It really is. Yeah, so you've got you've got government, you've got big tech, you've got mainstream media, who, and and you say they're all working together. So who's controlling that? Is it is it the people with the money and the background, or is it is it government that controls it, or is it big tech that controls it? I mean, they've got they've got the word of of everyone because they've got you know Facebook and Twitter yeah. and everything, yeah. and they censor yeah. that to to the nth degree now. Yes. But are they pulling the strings or are they having their strings pulled? Good question, John. Yes, good question. I see it sort of more like above the governments. It's sort of, you know, obviously you've got the World Economic Forum, you've got those really big NGOs out there, and I see it more sort of, Perhaps they're dictating more what the narrative should be. And then that's a trickle down effect, right? Um, you know, you, you, to, to the sort of local governments, so to speak. And they're all sort of following the party line, you know. And it is just, for example, with this whole COVID, you know, situation, you know, when the pandemic broke last year. Every country was saying almost the same thing. It's like they were given the same script, right? Um, uh, you've got the sort of all following the CCP um, draconian lockdown as a as a sort of response to to the pandemic, um, and you've got all the decades of pandemic planning being abandoned to follow this CCP style of lockdown. Um, it's just, you just have to ask those questions. Why, you know, why, why are they doing that? Um, why, why is fear being used so much? And that's sort of, to me, I feel truth combats fear, right? When you have the truth, you don't need to be afraid. Yeah. But they want to keep people afraid. They want to, they have weaponized fear. And I really say that very strongly. They've weaponized fear, and it is criminal. I really see it's, it's criminal what they've been, what you know, um, as you know, where we were, like lockdowns have been disastrous. Lockdowns have caused, I think, back in, uh, when was that? Back in, um, I think it was the Telegraph that did an article July 2020, and they were saying that the lockdown has cost up to 200,000 lives. Yeah. Um, at a cost of only probably about 2.4 billion a day. Um, and, and it's been disastrous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's lots I can speak on that with the school closures and you've got the mask mandates. I could, I could go on and on. So, 
you have to rein me in, John. Yeah, no, 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 no problem at all. I'm, I'm going back to something you said earlier, and that was follow the money, which is something I'm a strong believer in as well when it comes to <laughs> research. Yeah. So if you were looking at follow the money, and and let's even go further back. Let's go back to was it Eisenhower that gave us the the speech on the industrial military complex and yes. how to be aware of them because effectively they were going to take over the world. So yes. was he a conspiracy theorist, or was he actually giving us the heads up? Because sitting here just now. We sound like conspiracy theorists. You know, there's a, a layer above the government that's taking control of the thing and they're telling governments what to do. Mm. But but corporations these days have now got to the point where they are so big. Yes. Many many of them have more than the GDP of, of some countries. Yes. So are we are we in the movies? Is it Blade Runner or 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 aliens, you know, where where the big companies are actually running the, the show and it's everything's down to them. I mean, yes. pretty much, pretty soon are we going to have politicians with sponsorship on yeah. their suits? Yes. You know, because they effectively are just now, they just don't tell us. Yeah. Look at look at the dodgy contracts that have been signed for PPE and oh, yeah. you know th things that are coming out of the government and basically it just gets brushed right under the carpet. No yeah. hard questions from MSN. So they're in... They're yeah. bought as well. Yes. So the only people left are people like you and I, you know, freelance individuals. I mean, um, I had a, a chat last week with uh, Ben from Descent Media. Yes, I, I, I listened to that great interview. Yeah. So he goes out and, and he goes out and, and sh he, he was shouting at the people in the test centers, you know, where are all the people? Because there was no one there. And then we had stacks and stacks of other people going into hospitals and, and some of them ending up in jail because they were filming the empty filming. hospitals. Yes, I saw yeah. those. And then we had the guy that wrote, I can't remember his name, but the, the guy that wrote to over 5,000 funeral directors in the UK. Yes. And they got all the information back, and yeah. there was no death yes. spiral. You know, there was no yes. no excess yes. deaths in, the, yes. in, in real terms. Yes, yes. So these people are digging up the real thing, and yet mainstream media don't pick it up. So... It, it, you know, there's there's no other explanation other than follow the money. Yeah. Yes. 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 Follow the money. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got big pharma. You know, you've got all of that. You've got the conflict of interests with sort of the members of Sage, who all had very senior roles in pharmaceutical industry, um, and um, I'd see I'd say conflict of interests is key here you know this is a massive conflict of interest especially obviously with the pp contracts with uh you know um but i feel the way i see it this has been like a massive kind of like a machine and you've got lots of cogs and you know they all they all need to work together to get to the end point and obviously i don't know um i can't say what the end point will be i can't say oh it's all for you know, I don't fall into too many, I don't like to fall into rabbit holes of like, oh, it's for depopulation or, you know, I don't like to go down those sort of rabbit holes. But I do say that there, there, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be, um, I'm really all for this sort of um, COVID inquiry. I, I don't know how they're going to do that. I, I obviously, it has to be an independent. <laughs> uh, what you know? Um, 
And yeah. um, I feel that these, especially the sort of scientists, you know, we've got the stage, you've got SPIM, SPIB, the subcommittees, you've got, you know, I did a big three-part investigative report on SAGE, and I called it SAGE's Covert Coup. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Neil Ferguson at Imperial College and all his sort of doomsday uh, modeling uh, predictions. And that has been key. It's almost like SAGE needs to, you know, put out the fear, you know, the fear of the variants, obviously, uh, that's constant. Uh, now it's the Indian variant. Um, then you've got the sort of all their doomsday modeling predictions. Um, I mean, if you, let's just, even if we focus on Neil Ferguson, you know, I, he's, you know, he, I know he had to step down from SAGE because he flouted, you know, he flouted his own rules, um, but he's still on nerve tag. So he is still being given a, and he's also the director of the uh, Vaccine Impact Modeling Consortium, which happens to be funded by Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, which happens to be funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So, <laughs> um, and, you know, you look at his CV, you look at his sort of, you know, I can give you, you know, from 2001, you know, his sort of doomsday modeling prediction of, you know, foot and mouth disease that led to a preemptive cull of six million animals. You know, that cost the UK economy 10 billion. Um, you've, you know, he was heavily criticized by, I think it was Professor Thrustfield out of Edinburgh University, who is an expert in animal diseases. And he described Ferguson's models as, you know, not fit for purpose, highly flawed. Uh, then you go into 2005, you know, with bird flu. And he, he made a claim that up to 200 million people are going to die of bird flu. And only the WHO, the World Health Organization, was only able to link 78 deaths to bird flu. Um, but of course, his, his wild prediction is led to the stockpiling of Tamiflu. Um, cost the UK government billions on that. You've got now 2009, you've got the swine flu. He predicted 65,000 deaths for swine flu, only 457 deaths were linked to the virus. Um, based on his prediction, the government, UK government spent 1.2 billion in preparing for the swine flu after the pandemic. Um, it led to 20 million unused doses of vaccine that were left over. So I, I could just go on and on. And then you've got, yeah. his, you know, currently, he, you know, his report, you know, March, the infamous March 16th, 2020 report, where, you know, him and his pals at Imperial College, they predicted 510,000 UK deaths of COVID by the end of May 2020. And, and would that have been deaths of COVID, not oh, with yeah. COVID? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one, John. Of, with um yeah so um but that that report i would say that report was such like a uh, almost like that was a tipping point because the i know boris johnson was going was running with a herd immunity uh policy right that, that was um this this sort of this sort of um doomsday report made the government do its U-turn, you know, and, and we've been in yeah. lockdown. We have been in lockdown ever since. 
We had a brief kind of bit of respite last summer, but we've been in lockdown since then. So I think he needs to be held to account. He needs to go on trial. I mean, if this was the banking industry, you know, uh, there, there is some kind of regulatory body that sort of, you know, this is this is a crime. You know, how could you get it wrong yeah. every time? But not get it wrong um, mildly, get it wrong, like, catastrophically wrong. Yeah, yeah, he does. He needs to be held to account, and so does the government, because, you know, to be honest, every intervention they've taken has proven to be ineffective and not worth the money that it's cost. But yes. the, the thing that's getting me is I'm looking at I'm looking at Twitter and seeing I'm seeing more and more people that have been vaccinated being angry towards those that refuse to take the vaccination. Yes. It's yes. this division, this yes. this divisiveness that, yes. that the SNP are particularly good at. Um, yes. But this this divisiveness between two groups of people setting us up to fight each other, yes. and I think I think that's that's one of their plans because yes. if we're fighting each other, we won't yeah. be fighting them. Yeah. And I, I'm actually getting to the point that is this situation retrievable without some kind of armed insurrection? You know, um, do we need to go poll tax riots plus in order yeah. to? to sort the situation out? Possibly, 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 because, I mean, we need to, obviously, we've, we've had these protests, you know, you, you, you know, there was one on, the one on the 15th, there's one coming up on the 29th. Um, there needs to be one really, you know, almost every week, you know, not just periodically, it needs to be... Daily. It needs to be daily, yes, daily. Yeah. And, and... Well, if... if Let's go back to the Arab Spring. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago, and it made yeah. major changes in these countries. So how okay. did they do it? They did it every day. Every day they were out okay. in the streets. Okay. Ground the place to a halt. And yes. to me, that's the only way that you're going to make any difference now, yes. because they're sitting back and laughing at us. They really oh, are. Yeah. Yes. I think there's this sort of uh, sort of thing of that, you know, you see, because, and I go back to fear again, and, and obviously the folks at SPIB, which is the Scientific um, Pandemic Influenza Group for uh, on, on, on Behaviours, right? Uh, you've got the likes of Susan Mitchie, uh, David Halpern, you know, you've got the whole nudge theory, but this is nudge theory to the extreme, you know. Um, they know how to play on people's fears and... Fear, when, you, when you've got somebody afraid, and this is actually, you can break it down to a, 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 being in a, an abusive relationship. If you break it down to fear, now when you, when you make somebody afraid, you then can control that person. So fear controls. And they have done that, they've executed that brilliantly and i use brilliant in a not in a, <laughs> i'm not condoning it but you know what i mean in their eyes they have succeeded they've done they've done a marvelous job at, at, at making everyone uh, so afraid and um, you just have to go into your local supermarket um i mean i chose back early on i refused you know i, I wasn't going to wear a mask you know and and um i 
and and I would be the only person in in the place. I, I, and it wouldn't bother me. I just I don't know. I'm very I'm probably a very very stubborn person. <laughs> just, um, but I knew in this is even earlier. I thought you know what? How can a mask protect you? How can it? How can it? How can a piece of fabric? Um, you know, how can that protect you at a from virus particles that are so you know so you know so tiny you know like just you can't you know you, you know micros microscopic um, yeah we're back they're back to putting a chain link fence up to stop the exactly. mosquitoes coming into your back garden exactly exactly but you see what's interesting is you have people that you thought were quite intelligent or were able to be critical thinkers suddenly because of fear fear disables you it is a disabled, it destabilizes you, but it's also, it's a, a, um, um, it, it stops you thinking critically. It stops you asking the questions because you're so afraid you're going to die. Because that was the whole thing. Like, you are going to die. I mean, and that's what was so horrific when you looked at those earlier. I mean, they've changed the advertising, but back in the day of Project Fear, it was like, you go out of your home, people will die. You know, how dare they say that? How dare they? Um, how dare they have people, you know, just shaking in fear that they think they're going to step out their house, they're going to die. I mean, it's that's criminal. Uh, that is so. Um, yes, yeah, so the level of propaganda is just straight out of you know CCP territory, and and it's you you wouldn't think that a democratic uh, country, you know. Uh, European country would would be doing that, but many many followed suit. They they all UK wasn't the only country to do as we know to do to do this. So um, so yeah, so fear is is a, is a major factor of how to control and how to suppress and how to uh, stop people from from protesting. But I think you see they may be underestimated that I think if you push people down hard enough for long enough they eventually push back and i do see a major push pushback coming you know especially with them um, you know i think people are sick and tired of you know this variant may be more deadly it may be more transmissible you're maybe more likely to die i think it's almost they've overkill it's on overkill and i think people have become a bit desensitized to it which could be yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right because, I mean, I I was in, I was in the UK um, up until December last year, and you're right. You could walk into a supermarket, you wouldn't be wearing a mask, and you could see the fear and the terror in people's eyes. Yes, as they, as they wandered about, you know, they they were genuinely fearful. Um, I had people run off the off the pavement onto the road in front of moving traffic to avoid you if you're walking down I the know, street. I know, yeah. yeah. And, and people that are acting rationally and, and sanely don't do that. Now, I came over to France in December because I just had enough of Scotland. I just couldn't take it anymore. Right. Um, it was so divisive. The SNP were just, yes. just nipping away at everything. There was very little support for anything. Right. Uh, it was just basically going downhill, and Scotland in the winter is a very miserable place. Yeah, it's only it's only yeah. slightly less miserable in the summer, but <laughs> in the winter it's just miserable. Right. So we came over to France, and 
Right. It's different here. So the French are weird because they all wear their masks. There's no exemptions here unless you have a doctor's letter. So they yes. all wear their masks. Yes. But other than that, they take absolutely no regard of any of the other interventions. They don't follow the lockdowns. They don't follow the curfews. They, the social distancing doesn't seem to exist. Right. Um, you see them sanitise sometimes when they're going into the supermarket, but then they'll go up and shake their neighbours' hands. Yes. Still do the old kiss on each cheek thing. Right. Um, they'll still hug. They'll, they'll bump into you. They'll push past you in the supermarket. Um, right. They're all very... Ple- Everybody's really pleasant. Nobody seems to be living in fear. And in, in that respect, because the French government haven't introduced the same level of fear as the UK one, yes. maybe the maybe that's why the French aren't pushing back. Because if you think about it, previously the French have been notorious. Yes. Been notorious for going against the government and for, for riots yes. And, yes. and protests. And yet this time they're going along fairly meekly. Um, The government are opening up and closing down, but they're doing it when they say they're going to do it. They're not delaying things, you know. I think maybe the French government are kind of playing the the opposite tack, but having having an actual better effect because it's not ramping up the level of of dissent of of frustration that that does appear to be happening in the UK. Yes, yes, I think you're you're right. I mean, you know. They've kind of made, made, I guess, you know, maybe they think, you know what, we'll have, maybe they're worried. They thought if we really go hard line on this, we'll get, we'll just have crazy riots on our hands. And maybe the French government just didn't want to, you know, just didn't want to deal, go down that route because they were just too afraid of what what the repercussions would be. Um, But I have a, I have, I have a close friend that lives in Paris and, um, she moved there just before the sort of uh, before the pandemic, uh, you know, broke. And um, but they were very militant in the beginning with where you could go. She said you needed to download before before it was an app. But before it became yeah. an app, you had to have a piece of paper, you had to say that where you lived and if you were going to pick your kids up from school. Like it was really strict. Where we didn't quite have that, you know, thing on our movement, you know, so to speak. Um, you literally had like a two-hour window to be able to do all your errands and, you know, yeah. which I just think was mad. But um, Well, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Because all it does is put more people together for that two-hour window than oh, it does. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, know, I mean, I, I remember when they... Though. Yeah, how do curfews... How can curfews possibly work when you have the same amount of people yes. in a smaller amount of time? You know, they, yes. just, they just push people together. Yes. But, you know, I think... I think in, in real terms, it's been proven conclusively that none of the interventions the governments have taken have done yes. anything and, to change the progression yes. of this. Yes, and, and you know why? Because they have not been scientific. They've actually yeah. been anti-scientific. And I love, I'm a little bit, I guess I'm a bit geeky. I love like reading scientific, you know, studies and I'm all about, I love it. And, and you know, I mean, for example, if we take masks and we take the sort of mask mandate, you know, there has been no randomized control studies ever been done proving that masks have been effective. Now they have put forward studies that they have been, but they've not been randomized. They're not randomized control studies. The only one that was a large randomized control study was done in Denmark. And it's known as the Danish study. 
which actually proved that masks are ineffective at preventing uh, you know, the transmission of, of the virus. And uh, so it, it's, um, so you've got this sort of, you know, it's like every, any, any, you walk into a shop and you've got all those, you know, plexiglass sort of mm-hmm. dividers between you. And, and you think, honestly, do you think like the virus can't just go above the thing? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. I don't get the sort of, um, you know, you can go into a restaurant, but you have to walk in with your mask. But the minute you sit down, you can take off your mask. But then when you want to go to the toilet, you've got to put your mask back on. This, this is like such crazy pseudo-scientific, I don't know what this is. I think, I mean, I think even children, school children know it's a joke. You know, like a 10-year-old can tell you this makes no sense, you know. Um, and, and, and yet we have people following these rules, you know, that make mm-hmm. no sense. Um, that they're not based in science. They've actually dismissed decades of science, of, 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 of virology, on, on how viruses work. Um, it, it's just, um, and, and, and they go on and on about the scare tactic with how, you know, the, you know these mutant variants and all of this, but viruses have all, for thousands of years, have mutated. And, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like always going to mutate. Um, and um, so you have this sort of doing away of what traditional science is and this sort of um, following this sort of crazy pseudoscientific stuff. I don't know. I, it, it just, I'm, I'm baffled. Um, and, you know, but there have, there's been many, you know, obviously you've got Panda, which is a great organization. And, you know, they've got many, you know, hundreds of scientists, you know, there are not many who are speaking out against this, you know, this is crazy. This is, um, uh, you know, the lock, even a lockdown, you can't hide from the virus. You can't, you can't lock down from it. You know, um, I, it should have been herd immunity from the beginning, but shielding mm. the most vulnerable, you know, you can shield the most but, vulnerable, but everyone else gets just- to be alive. Yeah, which is what we used to call, you know, being in quarantine if you were sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, if you were sick, you stayed at home. Yes. But you see, um, when and again, this goes with the propaganda of what the message of the government is, is that they are assuming that you're all sick and you've got this sort of craziness, madness of asymptomatic mass testing. And I did a, I did a, Again, I did a quite an extensive, you know, investigative report on the sort of many scandals of the PCR test um, for the conservative woman, uh, uh, which is a great, great publication. And they, they you know, they, they've, they've been a real amazing voice of, you know, truth and reason and all of this. And, uh, you know, um, you, you, if you're asymptomatic and you don't have symptoms, you are not infectious. That has been, but that's, that's been always known along, you know, like it's not like something mm-hmm. new, but they've just sort of given this, they've, they've kind of planted this notion of, ooh, you know, you're asymptomatic, but it means that you can still spread the virus. You can still, you know, where I know when I was doing this report, I think, um, the, there was a study done in, in Wuhan, and out of the 10 million people, 
10 million people that they tested who were asymptomatic or they couldn't find one case of a spread by an asymptomatic person, not one. And actually that was done by the WHO, um, this, this sort of investigation. So there is no science behind asymptomatic spread of this disease. Absolutely. And the, the CDC did one as well, and they found yeah. no, no spread either. No spread. But now, but if, if you were not to know that, and you were just like your regular, you know, going about your business, you would, you would think like, you would totally believe it, hook, like hook, line and sinker. And that's what people, you know, people have believed it, unfortunately. And, um, yeah. and this testing, so, testing, testing is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to um, our major thrust of our topics. And what's to happen with journalism and television now? Because it seems to me that you can't believe anything that's on mainstream media. Um, unfortunately, I think, yes, we live in a world now where you can't. I think there's been, I see it as like a war on information. There's sort of this, you know, you've got the sort of disinformation, the fake news, the, you know, and obviously this, a lot of this was spawned from the 2016 election, US election. And, um, you know, you've got big tech doing its censorship, Facebook, you know, t you know, obviously Twitter. Um, it's sort of, there's only allowed one official narrative. And, and that is... You know, it's it's awful. It's a crime. It's like, yeah, they, they there there is no sort of room for. Well, hang on. What about this? What about you know? Um, and I mean, if you take the BBC, I think people. I think the reputation has changed so much now. And obviously, there's been a drop in people, you know, paying their licenses and all of that. So I think people are pushing back. But a lot of people still think that whatever the BBC says is like the gospel truth. You know, this is it. This is what I must believe. And I think many people today, especially in the UK, where they haven't been exposed to a sort of, um, well, actually, maybe the government might be lying to me, you know, um, they're, they're maybe not so attuned to that, that they are believing what the government is saying it, and if mainstream media is saying it, then it has to be true, and they're not questioning. Um, so, but I do feel that this is changing. I think there is more people who are, you know, reading, you know, whatever, you know, invested, you know, independent, what independent journalists are writing. There's a lot of independent journalistic outlets that are coming up, publications. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's pushback for sure. It's, it's coming, you know, and, um, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, you think what it would be like living in like Soviet, you know, Soviet Russia, you know, under a Stalin regime. I mean, it's so similar, like this sort of propaganda, only one story or what it was like, you know, Nazi Germany, um, you've got people, let's say Nazi Germany, I'm using that as an example, but they believe that if they were to, um, you know, house, you know, Jewish families, they would be doing something illegal, you know, mm -hmm. they would be doing the yeah. wrong thing because the government is saying no, you know. So um, it's like, it's like, where is everyone's moral compass gone? You know, like, 
you know that you're going to want to save that family. You're going to, of course, you're going to go against what the government is doing. So almost like you've been turned. Inadvertently, you've been turned into a criminal for doing what is right. You are now the criminal. If you want to have a neighbor over to your house or be with family, be with friends. I mean, I'm going back now to lockdowns and the whole sort of social, dis you know, if you want to, if a grandma hugs her grandchild, is she now a, like a criminal? You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like, this is where it's madness. Yeah. And actually thinking back and, and this just came to me, massive group think, you know, YouTube have canceled all the, the, the flat earthers off of YouTube, all the, the people that believe in giants and things. And you've got all these wild theories uh, on YouTube and, and, and other platforms, which was fine. They were entertaining. Yeah. They were yeah. great. Some of them were, a, a, some of them were a great thing to listen to, you know, and, and, and to entertain yourself in the, the wee small hours when you couldn't sleep because you were worrying about the lack of freedoms in the world. And then yeah. they go and take all that away. So it's like, Anything that goes against the 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 whole human narrative, and anything that questions the history as it is set in stone right now, is wrong. Yes. And and the other thing is, history is always written by the winners, isn't it? So yeah. there's always it's like going back to the start when you said you know we used to get or we we expect to have two sides to every narrative. When it comes to history, we don't. Yes. You know, for, for many years, the, the Gulf of Tonkin was the start of the Vietnam War. Yes. And then suddenly it gets released that, well, actually, it didn't happen. We yeah. made it up, you know, and, and that's history changing. So yeah, the, right. whole reason, the whole reason for the Vietnam War was a fabrication. Mm. So, and then Project Northwoods, if you remember that, was all about you know, a major terrorist attack in, in New York that they never carried out because mm -hmm. Kennedy vetoed it. And right. yet, similar thing happens maybe, what, 30, 40 years later. Is that going to turn out in another 40 years to have been a government-sanctioned event? You know, one doesn't mm -hmm. know. It's like all the conspiracy theories are starting to come true. So yeah. who's who's the... You know, who's got the right grasp? And the thing is, we'll never actually know because some of these things will be so buried that nobody will actually know what the, the truth is. You know, how many people actually did shoot Kennedy? Was it a lone gunman or was it, you know, 15 or whatever that some of them were saying? Yeah. The whole thing's crazy. Was it the CIA? Why was George yeah. Bush in Dallas and said he wasn't, you know? Yeah. And, and you can prove that George Bush was on, in Dallas when right. that happened. But yes. He still denies that he was ever there. Yes. So I mean, there are there are massive rabbit holes out there, and I'm not pretending to get down them. But my basic thought is, why, why this big clampdown on individual freedom of thought? Mm. Because nobody nobody is allowing you to think for yourself. Because I think it, again, it goes down to this need to control this need to control the public, you know, control the narrative, control, you know, use fear, use whatever, or any other sort of coercive means, you know, it's all about control. Um, and um, so it's sort of, yeah, 
they're afraid of what really might come out. You know, maybe, goodness me, the truth might just slip out there somewhere. We can't have that. We've got to like, <laughs> um, so it's, it's this control. You're right. And um, um, yeah, uh, I think more, but I, I do think more and more people are, you know, hopefully, you know, waking up and, and questioning more and doing their own research and, you know, it's it's all about, you know, knowledge is power, isn't it? You know, the more you know, the more you're educated, the more, you know, you, you, you wise up, you, you, you get what you, you can understand and you can interpret what is going on. Yeah. It's yeah. interpretation. It's how you're interpreting it, right? It's sort of... Um, you know, because I did my own studies on make research on masks and on, you know, the PCR testing and, and you know, all of that. Um, you know, I was able to make my own mind up, like what makes sense to me. And, and um, um, so, so, but yeah, I, it's to control, you know, the mainstream, it's just, just it has to be only one narrative um, and, and, and that's it. Um, uh, because and, they're afraid and, of what might happen. They're afraid, it's the yeah. thing. Of what would yeah. be leaked out, and is it is it compounded by the fact that people are inherently lazy and can't be bothered doing their own research? You know, you know what I think because I was thinking the same thing. Like, why are people not more like what I'm doing? I'm like, you know, uh, you know, just hungry for the truth, wanting to do your own research. And I think it's um, they are so distracted. You see. If you make people's lives, and I think this is what they've done, they've made it so hard for people. You know, they've sort of squashed the sort of joy out of life. No, you can't go to a restaurant. No, you can't go to a pub. The schools are closed. You have to homeschool. You know, all of this stuff. They've literally tied people's hands with their sort of um, just dealing with the struggle of life because it's they've made it so hard and so uncomfortable and so like you know, um, that people are so, it's almost like they're bewildered. It's like if you confuse a person enough, like, you know, you, you lead them down that sort of, they're confused, they're, they're, you've made their life really hard, maybe they've lost their job, there's no money. Like there's a lot of day-to-day -day struggles people have to deal with that they're not going to think, hang on, I'm just going to go onto the, go on the internet, do my own research, let's let's read a scientific study, let's, 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 they're just, People are exhausted. They're tired. They're sick and tired. And 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 I think at this point, they might have become even desensitized to all of it, you know. And that worries me a little bit because if they're desensitized, does that mean the government's going to push even more or make you know ramp up the fear more, ramp up the sort of that all that narrative even more um, because people have become a bit desensitized to it. Um, but um, well, it certainly seems that the government are switching. They're moving more towards the the green agenda now, aren't they? Because yes. they're, they're starting to build on the climate change again, and yes. we'll build instead of even saying we'll build back better. They're now saying we'll build back greener. <laughs> you know, and it's like this: we're in yeah. the middle of the worst economic disaster. Yeah. Self-inflicted disaster. Self oh yes, yeah. all self-inflicted. Um, so who's going to pay for this? You know, who who's going to yeah. fund this? Yes. 
it's so sad. It's like the debt. I mean, if you, I don't know that I don't know the figures off the top of my head, but it's it's astronomical. The the government borrowing the debt, and this will all get passed on to the taxpayer. There'll be such a heavy burden, you know, for the for the next generation. You know, uh, you know, it's it's this is the next fifty, a hundred years. They'll be paying for it, you know, in very high taxes, mm-hmm. um, because. You know, it's it's sort of there's always a cause and an effect. You can't do something in a vacuum. There's always going to be an effect, a ripple effect. You throw a pebble into a pond, it has ripples. It's you can't just do things in a vacuum and think, oh, that's it. You know, there's we can just spend billions and billions and billions on like furlough schemes and um, advertising. You know, project fear and and and. And 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 testing, mass testing, track and trace. Um, they've spent billions on that. Um, you know, they had Operation Moonshot earlier earlier on uh, in 2020. Um, and um, people have to pick up the tab. Who's going to pay for that exactly? It will be, you know, children. You know, that when they grow up, their children. You know, it's 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 really yeah, it's very sad. You know. It's very sad. And I think that's also, I don't know if that's one of their main plans. Is it this erosion of wealth, of personal wealth? You know? Um, so we're back to the, the World Economic Forums. <laughs> you, know, you will have nothing. I'm a bit of an economist, economist at heart. But yeah, you know, what, what, what is it? Yeah, what is it? Is it sort of, you know, no, you'll never be able to afford that house. You'll always have to rent. You'll always be, you can't ever start that business. You can't ever be financially independent. And then you've got the whole universal basic income coming through. And I feel like furlough is the sort of the lower level of that. You know, that's and, and it, it's sort of it's they're getting people ready for, you know, you're all on one income. You know, you don't have to sort of work. Just get by with this sort of uh, stipend at the end of the month or whatever. So it's sort of. Um, yeah, it's like possibly the er- erosion of, of people's personal wealth, you know. And again, you can control someone much better when they can't afford to, you know. It's, it's, actually, a, yeah, Sorry? it's, actually, it's actually a bit like, um, do you remember when you were in school yeah. and, you know, generally everybody in school believed what the teacher said? Yes. And very few of us questioned it. Yes. Um, I, I think I was one of them because I used to get marked down for as a disruptive influence in class because <laughs> I was always questioning things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so most people went along with it. You yeah. were told what to do and you got pocket money. Yeah. Mm. From your parents and you went out and you bought, well, in my day it was a record, but I suppose nowadays it's not even a CD, it's an MP3 download or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so... Are they really just extending our childhood until there's no adulthood? Because it seems right. to me that yes. schools these days are, are questioning less and, and encouraging yes. people yes. to just believe things. Yes, yes, yes. yes you know, you... And it's just going to make us children for the whole of our lives, uh, yeah, useful children, because we, you know, some of us can work and do menial tasks that keep the, the system ticking over. Uh, and then, you know, we're really just there to to make sure that the the world keeps running for those that really can enjoy it. 
Yes, yes. Well, this is a whole thing of the mantra of the World Economic Forum. You know, you've got uh, Klaus Schwab saying, you know, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. You know, yep. <laughs> so, you know, you won't you won't earn anything. You won't, you know, but you'll be happy. You'll be happy. You know, um, you won't be able to go anywhere and to fly anywhere. You won't need to, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of this sort of extension of this sort of a nanny state on steroids, I would say, you know, yeah. where it's a very sort of treating, you know, members of the public as infants, you know, and um, yeah, it's just awful, you know, just people are really being talked down to, you know, just you've got the mainstream media, you know, you're reading headlines, what the government's saying, all their, all their you know, their daily reports when they talk about these, I, I, I I switched off. I maybe the first week the pandemic started, I was tuning in, but then I just switched off after like the first week um, because I just thought there's something really weird in this. You know, these sort of uh, it's it sort of yeah, but people were so afraid. And again, you go back to fear, control. You know, they they want to be told. I actually think some people really have a comfort in being told what to do. Yeah. And it's a sad fact. And I know, you know, I've got friends, you know, I've got a lot of people that I know, people that, you know, um, or just friends or, you know. It's well, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the one, have you seen the picture of the girl standing on the pavement at the roadworks? And it says, please wait here when there's a red light. And this is for the cars. And the right light is red and she's standing there on the pavement waiting for the light to change. That's yeah. what people are like these days. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like there's been a suspension of critical thinking, right? You know, it's sort of like, but you need to scare people, I think, to get them into that state of mind. You need to get them so afraid that they just are begging to be told what to do. Because if you tell me what to do, then I can stay alive. I won't die from this dreadful disease. I mean, yes, like and I'm not the kind of person, I'm, I'm not that sort of conspiracy theorist where there's no virus, it doesn't exist. Yes, it does exist. There is, there is, you know, SARS-CoV-2, it's a, you know, but I do, you know, having spoken with, I've done a few interviews myself and um, I was interviewing Nick Hudson, uh, co-founder of Panda, and he was just, you know, he mentioned, you know, this is a variant of SARS. This, mm-hmm. you know, it's a variant of SARS. Um, but people already have immunity, you know. So when they, the scientists did their really doomsday modeling, Neil Ferguson's and, you know, those type, they, they never factored in that people have existing immunity yep. to the virus. They did it in a vacuum, you know. They, they made all their modeling predictions all in a vacuum, and, and it was, you know, it's catastrophic. Um, so... Yeah, going back to they love being told because because people are afraid. You know, people are afraid. That's the sad truth. Yeah, and to go back to the traffic lights, they've got them in supermarkets now, haven't they? At the door. Oh, I haven't seen that at the door. Uh, they, yeah, they had they had that for a while. Um, they would have a red light and a green light, and you, oh you wow, know, was that in people France? Were, or was it? In the no, 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 no. France, they they, they, they don't bother with things like that in France. They don't <laughs> queue. You know, <laughs> you know what the continentals are like. We don't yeah, queue. Yeah. We just charge, but um, but yeah, and, oh, and Tesco in the UK and places like that, they had um, some of them had traffic okay. light systems for entering the store. Oh wow! I know they had people at the front counting, like a counter. You know, they yeah. would tell you to wait, and people were waiting, and 
but yeah no that's that's mad you know um, Fred, Fred said like tokens and you took a token when you went in oh. but if there, was, if there was no tokens nobody stopped to go in <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh my goodness yeah no it's 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 I can't, you know, you keep thinking like, you know, I remember back in the early days, I think it's because of weird movies. It's going to, you know, waking up in the morning thinking, did I just watch a weird kind of like, <laughs> you know, and you have those movies like Contagion and yep. you just. I know think, it's exactly, you're exactly right because it, it happened in what, February. And then yeah. there was, it was a kind of this weird transition period where, People were just kind of getting on with life, and then suddenly the government, who looked like they were going to go down the Swedish route, suddenly turned around and bang. Yeah, thanks to thanks to the you know the yeah. FBI yep. modelers. Mm -hmm. Yep, and yeah. then got to the point where well, it'll be over by June. You know, it'll be a yeah. couple of months, and it'll be finished by yeah. June, and we'll all be back to normal. Yeah. We'll yeah. pick up our jobs and things, and then no, nope, nothing happened, and then it just dragged on and on and on, and there was. Well, for me, there was no jobs because I was an IT contractor. I was working for a, a high street bank. Right. I had a contract that was just extended for a year, but right. come April, they stopped all their contracts. Right. So all the contractors basically were out of work. And then when it, if ever a job came up, you know, there was one job and like 500 contractors going for it. Yeah. So I've had no work since last April. It's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. And it's, it's not really got any better because they've now sussed that if people can do stuff from home, they can do stuff from home in India. Yes, yes. Well, they you don't need to pay them half as much as they pay people back here. Yes, yes. You know, you see, it, yeah, you see this yeah. mass unemployment, you know, um, lack of jobs, um, and even sort of, you know, going back to the World Economic Forum, you know, this whole fourth industrial revolution, they want to shift the whole, you know, it's all about tech, all about that's the only jobs in the future that will be worth, you know, just, but it's like, there'll be millions of people out of work, you know, I, I, I just, they, 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 they're sort of, are just funneling people through just this one sector has to be in sort of technology and, um, so that there's there's going to be mass mass unemployment, you know. I, I see yeah. that in the future, you know, and and uh, yeah, um, and obviously, you know, talking about the green agenda and all of that, you know, it's sort of yeah. I mean, there'll be so many people out of work, and this sort of war on cars, and I mean, on ev on every level, it's sort of you know limiting people's freedoms, you know. Um, yeah, it's sort of putting people on a, a stranglehold. You know, it's sort of you can't do this. You've got, you know, you don't have work. It, it's 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 sort of um, yeah, it's it's quite a scary kind of thought to sort of think about it. Yeah. So, and instead of finishing on a bad note, why don't we think about if someone had told you back in two thousand when you worked for the BBC that they would have a journalist who was in charge of their, you know, counter-misinformation department, what would you have thought? Oh, if, oh, or I see, yes. If they had a journalist, yeah. You're talking about Mariana Springs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. It's so like... Um, 
absolutely empty yeah and i think a lot of people at some point were doing this sort of asking for the fois you know what how many people are in you know yeah. are in your died of covid or in your covid ward and it'd be like uh zero you know like you've got yeah. but you've got on the mainstream news that hospitals are overwhelmed they're overwhelmed i mean i think certain parts of london were very busy but they always are I, you know but they always are you know i have friends who are doctors and you know there there was and also this is a seasonal virus it's seasonal so you're going to have a peak in the sort yeah. of december january february you're going to have a peak but then it will come down you know um but now they're probably saying oh the reason why there's no cases now is because of the vaccine you know but i think it just nicely coincided when they uh did this sort of um but it, it's a seasonal it's a seasonal virus um like, like all viruses um and um yeah no it's it's interesting to see how it will all play out um my i've been following carefully that i you've heard of dr ryan of Funick and his class action lawsuit have you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. read a bit about yeah so you know there are people who are stepping up you know these lawyers that are you know trying to bring people to account you know um because you know there definitely are crimes against humanity that have gone on here, you know, for, for a long, long time. It certainly is. Well, yeah. I, th- I think um, we've given it a fair run today um, and I would be more than happy to, to do a follow-up at some point in the future. Yeah, but, uh, I great. have to thank, thank you again, Sonia, for coming on. You've been oh. very forthright and honest. Thank and you. I've really appreciated your time today. Thanks again. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for the time, and I love chatting with you. Take away those diamonds, I don't need those rocks. A second-hand car and a new pair of socks. I want liberty without conditions. Roll up the carpet from the floor. I don't want to be your prisoner no more. I want liberty without I want liberty on my conditions Take away those drums, they're too loud Give me a guitar and I'll play to the crowd Without conditions Take away that job, I don't want to work I'll stay at home and play in the dirt I want liberty without conditions I want liberty on my conditions Your line, I want liberty without conditions. Work on the docks or down a hole. Come out at night and pray for your soul. I want liberty without conditions. 
eternity on my conditions Take away those diamonds I don't need those rocks A second hand car And a new pair of socks I want liberty Without conditions Roll up the carpet From the floor I don't want to be your prisoner no more I want liberty Without conditions I want liberty On my conditions